here thus far. And, and so here's what I want to do. First and foremost, happy Easter. Happy Easter. Boy, I'm excited about today. I know this is, uh, we're meeting each other and, and, and going through a kind of a different type of Easter service. Uh, this is an Easter service where, um, you know, we'd love to be in person and all together, uh, but obviously it's not that way this year. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do it this way, and, and, and I'm excited about the people that are watching online right now. And, and I encourage you, if you're watching right now on Facebook, uh, I need you to do a couple different things. One, like it. Comment on it, but most importantly, share it right now. I know we're almost in the process of a part, almost half the service, but, but this is the most important part is the message. And so if you haven't shared thus far, I want you to share. And so hit that share button. Let's get it all together. Um, and we'll give some people some opportunities to get there. But if you're right now with us, uh, kind of tracking with us, let's go ahead and go to uh, Luke chapter number 24. Luke chapter number 24. We're in a, we're in a series. We're in a series right now where we're going to, um, we're in a series right now called Who is This Jesus? Who is this Jesus? And, uh, and if you've been tracking with us for a little while, um, we've been in this since Christmas. We've been in this since Christmas. Uh, we kind of started with the birth of Jesus and have kind of walked through the life of Jesus. And so we talk about who is this Jesus because uh, for a lot of people, you may be familiar with the name Jesus. You may be familiar with, with this person, this historical figure named Jesus. And you may be familiar that Jesus is in the Bible. But what we're doing here is we're trying to, to make sure that, that you understand what's going on here from the standpoint of who is this Jesus this is so important, and honestly, if you haven't been tracking with us the whole entire time, probably the best time to track with us is today, because what we're going to talk about today, this Easter Sunday, is the most important thing you need to know about Jesus, and so as we are, as we are kind of concluding this series today, if you feel like this is the first time you've seen us or kind of walk with us, it's okay. It, it's, it's like you're watching a movie and you fast forward to the best part of the movie, the most action-filled part of the movie, and you get this, man, this is great. This is the best part of the movie. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to see the best part of the movie. And so what we've been doing every single week is we have kind of identified, okay, who is this Jesus? And we've used these he is statements. And so he is this, and he is that, and he is this. And so today, if you're taking notes, the title of the message today is he is alive forevermore. He is alive forevermore. And so this is so exciting because this is kind of the climax of everything when it comes to, to, the, to the Jesus story and who Jesus is and, and what, how impactful it is from what he's doing is, right, is found right here in Luke chapter number 24. Now, if you're not familiar with your Bible, if you're not familiar with your Bible, you're probably going to say, well, where's the book of Luke? So if you have your Bible, you have an Old Testament and a New Testament. And so Luke is in your New Testament. So Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. Okay, so Luke, and we're going to go to chapter 24, chapter 24. Let's go ahead and, and pray, and then we'll read. So Lord, thank you for today. Thank you so much for what you've done so far. And thank you for what you're going to do moving forward. Lord God, we need you right now. We need you today. And so, Lord God, I pray, as much as you've shown up so far, Lord God, I pray you continue to show up that much more. And so we need you. We love you. Thank you, Lord God, for what we celebrate today, Easter. And, Lord, that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. In your wonderful name we pray. 
Amen. 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 So let's go ahead and pick up in Luke chapter number 24. We're going to be in verse number 1. It says, Now, upon the first day of the week, every, every, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher. The sepulcher is a grave or a tomb, bringing the spices which they prepared and certain others with them. All right, so now, well, just to kind of set this up, they're, they're coming on this early morning, this early Sunday morning, and they're going to the tomb, and they have spices, because what they're going to do is they're going to prepare a body. They're going to prepare a body. Now, this body is the body of Jesus. Now, Jesus has already been crucified at this point, a gruesome death on a cross that, that, that had a, 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 an important factor from the standpoint of he was dying on the cross for a purpose, which was dying for our sins. And, and so now they're going to prepare that body because when, when he got crucified, it was almost to Sabbath and they couldn't do any work or do anything in Sabbath. And so they weren't able to prepare the body before he get, got in the tomb. So now they're going later on while the, when the Sabbath is over to prepare the body, to embalm the body. Verse 2, and they found the stone rolled away. From the sepulchre. So what they would do is they would put a they would put a stone and roll a stone in front of the tomb, and, and, and when they show up to the tomb to, to go kind of prepare the body, the stone's already been moved. The stone has already been moved. Let's keep going in verse number three. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Now I don't know about you, but the, there was a body that was put in there three days before, but now there's no body there. So obviously there's a little bit of concern. Verse 4, and it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And so they're kind of wondering what's going on. And when they go in, they see these two men that are standing there in shining garments. Verse 5, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, this is what the angels said unto the people that were there, says, why seek ye the living among the dead? Why seek ye the living among the dead? See, what's interesting about this is that, that, that they're, going to, they're going to a tomb. They're going to a grave. They're going to prepare a body of a man that has been dead. But yet these, these angels are saying, why are you seeking the living among the dead? Well, the reason why they were going to the tomb was they were seeking to find a dead man that they could prepare to embalm. But these people said, hey, wait a second. The person you're looking for is not dead. He is living. He is living. Let's keep on going. Verse 6. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. So they're telling that man, the man you're seeking, this Jesus you're seeking, he is, he is, he's not here, he's risen. And notice in verse 7, verse 7, the son, it's saying, the Son of Man, if you're, if you're following along, they put the verses up there that for you to follow along, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And the third day rise again. So here's what's interesting. In verse number 7, because the words are, are, are in red, this is in reference to something specifically Jesus said to his followers, to his disciples. He said, look, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Now here's what's interesting. How do we know? 
how do we know if this is exactly the words of Jesus if we don't look back to see exactly what Jesus said? Now, what's interesting about this is that there's actually three times while Jesus was on earth that he specifically made statements about this moment here, about this Easter Sunday, about this resurrection day. And so the first place you can find that is Luke 9.22. And this is after he fed the 5,000. And here's what he, here, here it is. Saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. And so after the feeding of the 5,000, he, he gathers disciples together and says, you know, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be rejected, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to be slain or killed, and I'm going to rise up the third day. So that's the first time that Jesus ever kind of let on that, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is part of the plan. This is the purpose that God has for my life, is that I'm going to go to a cross and I'm going to die, and three days later I'm going to rise up again. But he didn't just tell them one time that. Go farther on into, into Luke. This is after his transfiguration on a mountain. And in verse, Luke 9, verse 44, it says, Let these sayings sink down into your ears. I love what Jesus is saying. Like, look, listen up. For the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. So he talks about how he is going to be betrayed and he's going to be uh, mocked and he's going to be tried and he's going to be put on a cross. So now Jesus has told them one time, look, I'm going to be going to a cross and I'm going to rise three days later. Then he tells them again after another moment, hey, look, this is what, what, what's going to happen. I'm going to be betrayed and I'm going to be, be, be mocked and tried by sinful men. And then finally, and finally, after talking with the rich young ruler in, in Luke 18, so there's, now there's been, been, been a little bit more time that has passed by, Luke 18, in verse 31, he says, then... He took unto him the twelve, those twelve disciples, and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. Now, what's interesting about that verse is it's not just the fact that Jesus made statements about this day that was going to happen where he's going to rise again. You can look all the way through the Old Testament, thousands of years of text. And there are multiple times where they're pointing to and, and verses that are pointing to this day and prophets that are prophesying to this day in the Old Testament. So for thousands of years, this is being set up that this, is day, this day is going to happen. And that's what he's saying is that the, the written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. Verse 32, for he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, that's the non-Jews, okay, the Romans, and shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spit on, and they will scourge him, okay, or, or beat him, and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. See, what's interesting about this is that the exact thing that Jesus said he was going to do, guess what? He did. Now, I don't know about you, but somebody who can predict their own death and then see it through is kind of really cool. That's, that's not something you see very often. But he predicted his death. Scriptures pointed to that. Even to the very details on how it was going to happen were predicted years before. And even in Jesus himself, he kept on pushing to that moment. 
Now, I don't know about you, but somebody who, who, can, who can say that this is what's going to happen and then it happens, that's somebody we need to consider. That's somebody who has a lot more power than maybe we do. And we look at that and we go, wow, like, like he, he, had, he had exactly a, a, a purpose, a plan. Here's another way to say it. He had a promise and he fulfilled that promise. He did exactly what he said he came to do. And then going back into Luke 24, going back into Luke 24, in verse number 8, after, after they, they, they quote Jesus here, verse number 8, and it says, And they remembered his words. As soon as those two angels spoke those words that Jesus had already spoken, and it said multiple times they, were, they remembered his words, that truly he was going to come, He was going to become, to be betrayed, and to be put on a cross, crucified, and to rise up again three days later. Now, I know some of the people, they're they're, they're skeptical about, okay, what exactly happened? You know, what if it was this, and what if it was that? And and here's the ways I can explain that this never really happened. And here's what I want to encourage you about, that if you're just now tracking with us, I want to encourage you to come back next week. And, and, and to tune in next week because we're going to go into a series called After the Resurrection because Jesus wasn't just, hey, he's gone, we never see him again. He was on the earth for 40 more days until he ascended back up into heaven. And so we're going to see the proofs of Jesus being here after his resurrection. They saw him. They saw him after this point of this resurrection. So it's not like we can just say, hey, the, the, somebody must have came earlier and stole the body and all that kind of stuff. No, we're going to see specifically over the next couple of weeks exactly proof evidence that Jesus was alive and well but the final verse I want to point you to is a verse that kind of goes to the end of the whole entire deal now your Bible starts with the book of Genesis that's the book of beginnings that's when God creates everything in the earth but then it ends with revelation in the end of this earth and so when you see from the standpoint of, of where, where, the, where history begins and then where history ends, we have it right here. And so what's interesting about that is in order for us to truly understand if what is happening here is true, completely true, and is something that is true not just for this moment in time, but for, for, the, for the future all the way up to this current moment in time, is sometimes what the best thing to do is to go to the end of the, end of the story, to go to the end of the book, to see how it ends. And I want to point you to a verse in Revelation, a verse in Revelation. And that's actually at the beginning of Revelation, Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. And this is Jesus himself talking to the Apostle John. And he says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I love that he makes a statement and he amens himself. That's pretty cool. And have the keys of hell and of death. See, here's what's different about the Christian life. Here's what's different about, the, if you want to call it the Christian religion. What's different about the Christian religion is that there are a lot of religions that have a lot of different leaders. And all of those leaders that they follow, they died, and they're gone. 
But we have, we have a leader, we have, we have somebody that we follow as, as a Christian that, that, that is not just a person that was a great man that lived on this earth for some 30 some odd years, did some great teaching, performed some miracles, had some neat little magic tricks he did, and then he died. No, what makes Christianity so different is that the person that we follow is not a dead person. The person that we follow is alive and well. He's alive and well. See, what's interesting, we talk in, in, in Christian circles, we talk about a personal relationship with Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't have a personal relationship with a dead man. There's no way possible for me to have a personal relationship with a dead man. But if someone is alive, if someone is alive, I can have a personal relationship with him. And so when it comes to what we're talking about today, this is the game-changing moment. This is the game-changing moment. You can read all through the Gospels, and if you, even you can read all the way up to the crucifixion. But if you don't get the resurrection, really, you've missed the point of the whole entire story. Because, not because he just died for our sins, but because he rose up three days later in victory over those sins. When he talks about having the keys to death and hell... He's saying that, look, there, when, when sin that will send you to hell, sin that will bring about death, he's saying, look, I took care of that. And the only thing that Jesus asked us to do is to put our, our faith and trust in him, not in our ability, not in our goodness, not in anything that we do on our own. See, what's interesting about the Christian life is the Christian life is not about what we have to do to work for it. What's cool about the Christian life is all we have to do is we have to look and see what work Christ did. The fact that he went to a cross to die for our sins. The fact that he died. And the fact that he rose up three days later in victory over those sins. And what we're doing is we're putting our faith and trust in that fact. And when we do that, according to Scripture, when we put our faith and trust in what we call the gospel, the good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, according to our Bible, when we put our faith and trust in, in that, in what He did, and who He is, we can be just like Him from the standpoint that where He is now, we can be. The life that He lived on this earth, we can have. Not because of our own power, like we sang that song, not because of me, but because of Christ in me. Now here's what I want to share with you. Last little thing and then we'll be done. I, I actually have something. I have two things on my wrist today. One's my Fitbit. Hopefully that helps me to, to kind of get my steps in and stay active and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes I do good and sometimes do bad. Sometimes I could probably do a little bit more physical activity. But on my other wrist, there's a rubber band. And I haven't had this rubber band on my wrist for very long. It's probably been on there for probably several weeks. And, and, and this rubber band is very significant of something. And what it's significant of is I was actually in a meeting several weeks ago. And, and, and someone challenged us that we need to sometimes stretch our thinking, to challenge our thinking, for us to, to look at a, a situation and maybe look at it in a different light, in a different way. And, and, and so that represented, this rubber band was representing us stretching our thinking, stretching our mindset, stretching our thought process. And here's what I want, I want to talk to somebody specifically right now. 
That person that's a little skeptical. That person that's a little curious. That person that's trying to wrap their mind around this whole Jesus thing, this whole faith thing, this whole Christianity thing. And here's what I want to challenge you to do right now. At this very moment, I want you to stretch your thinking a little bit. More importantly, this is how I want you to do it. I want you to open your mind. Because so many times when it comes to faith, what blocks us from having faith is because we can't understand it in our minds. And our minds get in the way of us truly having faith. Now you may ask, what exactly is faith? The Bible defines what faith is. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Can I see heaven? No, I cannot. Can I physically see God? No, I cannot. Can I audibly hear God? No, I cannot. Well, Buchanan, if you can't, if you can't see heaven, if you can't see God, if you can't hear Him, then, then how, how can you say you're, you're doing this whole Christian life thing? One word. Faith. Faith. So many people ask me, why do you believe? Because I do. Now, I believe the, the truth of Scripture, and that helps me in my faith. I, I, I believe, see, the reason why I know that he's alive and well is because I see the effects that Jesus has in my life. And the person, the person I am, the choices I make, and how he influences those decisions, those choices. But when it really comes down to it, why do you believe? Because I just do. I have faith. See, what's interesting is we're trying to, to, to in some way, shape, or form, change people's minds. When in reality, God doesn't want to change your mind. He wants to change your heart. He wants to change your heart. But sometimes our minds can be a barrier, a hindrance, a, 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 a gate that we can't, God can't get through because he's trying to get to your heart, but he can't get through your mind. So here's what I want to encourage you. Stretch your mind. Challenge your thinking. Open your mind up. Because just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not true. Doesn't mean it's not true. There's a lot of things in this world that I don't understand. But I still, I still do these things and, 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 and t- make these choices and things of that nature that I take. And you know what I do? I accept them by faith. In order to have faith, you don't have to have understanding. So here's what I want to talk to every single person that's watching right now. One, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, here's what I need you to be doing. I need you to be praying right now but for every single person that is watching right now that is watching right now I'm challenging you to open your mind and when you open your mind I challenge you to open your heart and I want to challenge you to make a decision that will ever change your, forever change your life and that decision is to put your faith and trust in Jesus now how do I do that Buchanan how do I do that, Buchanan? One, you've got to admit you're a sinner. Now, for some of you, that's going to be really hard because you think you're a pretty good person. But in reality, every single one of us have fallen short. Every single one of us have made mistakes. Every single one of us have missed the mark. Every single one of us. And so we're a sinner. 
And in order to get to heaven, we, 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 we cannot get to heaven on our own goodness. It takes, it, takes an, uh, it takes something more than our own goodness to get there. And you're like, well, if we're talking about goodness, why not? Because you need to understand you can't get there on your own. You know why? Because you're a sinner. And sin breaks, breaks relationship. Sin puts a barrier between you and God. Because, because God can't look and say and, and be pleased with sin. So we have to recognize that we're a sinner. And then we need to believe. We need to believe that Jesus died on a cross for our sin, for my sin, for your sin. Was buried and then three days later rose up in victory over those sins. My sin, your sin. And then finally, we need to confess Him as Lord and Savior of our life. Confess Him as Lord and Savior of our life. Now, I know some people don't like that terminology of confessing Him as Lord, but if I'm being completely honest with my personal life, if, I was, if, I'm, if I'm my own God, if I'm always in control, I make a mess of it. I need someone. I need a Lord. I need someone who I can follow. I need a leader. And Jesus wants to be that leader in your life. And he wants to be that savior in your life. So, admit you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again, rose up three days later. And then finally, confess him as Lord and Savior of your life. So here's what I want to do. For those that want to take that step, I want to pray specifically with you. Now, let me help you with this. It is not about a prayer. It is not about a prayer. There's many people in this world that have prayed, prayed prayers and just said words. A prayer is not a true prayer unless there's belief behind it. When you're praying, you're praying in, in belief, in belief that God, that God can save you from your sins. That God can in His power with that relationship that you come in contact with Him, that He can bring you to heaven and provide you a home in heaven. You believe. And so for those that want to take that step, right now I want to pray specifically with you. For all the Christians that are watching right now, you may not need to pray that prayer, but you can be praying for those that are praying that prayer right now. So let's do that right now. Lord, thank you so much for this Easter Sunday. Lord, thank you so much for what this Easter Sunday represents. And so, Lord, for every single person that's watching, every single person on the sound of my voice that wants to put their faith and trust in Jesus, because, Lord God, you're already working in their heart right now. They know this is a step. They know this is a decision that they need to make. Lord God, I pray that they would pray this right now. Lord, I admit I'm a sinner. And my sin is what put you on the cross. And you died for my sin. You died instead of me so that I didn't have to die. And Lord God, I believe that not only that you died for my sins on a cross, but that you were buried and in three days later, you rose up again in victory over those sins, over my sins. And Lord, right now I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. 
And for every single person under the sound of my voice right now, pray this prayer. Lord God, I accept you as Savior. And I ask you, Lord God, to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life and to change me and to live with me, Lord God, so that one day I can be with you forever. We pray all these things in the greatest name of all, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now here's what we believe as Christians. That if you truly prayed and admitted you were a sinner and you believe that he died and rose again for your sins and you're confessing him as Lord and Savior of your life today, we believe, according to the Bible, that you are now what we call saved. Saved from what? Saved from your sin. That no longer the sin that can send you to hell and that brings about death. You are forever you are forever, forever saved. And, he will, and Jesus can walk with you and help you and guide you along the way and give you a home in heaven for him, with him forever. And so if you, if you prayed that prayer and you believed with your whole heart, we have people right now, right now, at this very moment, if you're watching us live right now at this very moment, we have people right now that are ready to help you in this decision. So here's what I want you to do. In the comment section of Facebook, if you prayed that prayer, if you believe, I want you to just comment on Facebook right now saying, I believe, I believe, I prayed. You know, whatever, I believe, I prayed. And what we're going to do is we're going to, to, to message you and get some information to you so we can help you in this, in this thing we call the Christian life. This is, the great, this is the greatest thing in the world you could ever do. So if, you've made, if you prayed that prayer and you believed, I want you to put on there, I prayed, I believe, so that we can connect with you and we can help you on this journey. Now for the people that didn't pray that prayer, they didn't believe, and they knew, they knew they should have, but they didn't for whatever reason. I want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to keep tracking with us. Don't give up on us. Like, stay with us. Stick with it. Like, if, you, if you're kind of still skeptical and curious and really don't understand this whole thing, join us next Sunday and the Sunday after and the Sunday after and the Sunday after. Because we believe that God is doing a work in your life right now. And he's working on you to, from the standpoint of, and he's hopefully from the standpoint of drawing you to himself. And all I'm asking you to do is just be open-minded. Just stretch your thinking a little bit. Challenge your thinking a little bit. Happy Easter, everyone. It's been a great day. I can't wait to see what God is doing and is going to do. Let me pray for you one more time. And then we'll be done. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And thank you so much for what you're going to do in the future. Lord, thank you for those people that prayed this prayer with belief, Lord God, and put their faith and trust in Jesus. What an awesome, awesome day. For those people right now, Lord God, that they maybe, either they probably even don't think they need to pray that prayer. They're not even ready to take that step. 
Or maybe they're just hesitant to take that step, Lord God. Lord, I pray you give them the courage, Lord God, to stick with us. To come back next week and the week after and the week after just to, to explore and to, and to kind of seek out and discover what it comes, what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for every single person, Lord God, that has already made this decision. Lord God, for them, this is a very happy Easter because this represents the fact that because you got up from the grave, that we, we will experience the power of the resurrection by going to heaven, going to heaven with you one day. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for what you're doing. You are a big and awesome God. In your wonderful, holy, sweet, righteous name we pray. Amen. Amen. Happy Easter, everyone, and don't forget, keep smiling.